Hello everyone and welcome to the Five Red Lights podcast. Today we are looking at Michael Schumacher and we're going to be ranking 10 of his most controversial incidents in Formula One and his racing career. So in preparation for this, I've looked at 10 incidents from Michael Schumacher's racing career and they span his entire career, starting in 1990 all the way up to 2010. We're going to rank the top 10 that we've found and let's see which one comes out on top as his most infamous moment in motor racing. Okay, so we've got our 10... Uh, incidents here for Shumi. Uh, we're going to run through 10, 9, 7, 10, 9, 8, 7 and 6 first and then we'll look at our top 5 in a bit more depth. So number 10, what was our number 10? Nat? Uh, so number 10 was Great Britain 1998. So this is the slightly infamous uh, race where he wins the race in the pit lane uh, where Ferrari uh, get a bit confused with the penalty that the stewards had given him, ends up being rescinded completely after he goes through the pit lane on the last lap to serve his 10-second stop-and-go penalty. But before he can serve the penalty, of course, is the line who wins the race. What is our number nine? So number nine is Brazil, 1994. Now, some of you may be old enough to have seen this, um, some of you might just have found it on YouTube, like I did. Um, he, in conjunction with the Benetton team, gets ahead of Etten Senna at the race in Brazil. It's the first race of the 1994 season. Uh, and they've basically taken away a safety part on the fuel hose. Back in the days when they had refueling, allowed the fuel to go in faster and thus have a shorter pit stop, which meant they could get away sooner. And number eight is our Macau 1990 race. So we go back 30 years for this one. This is Schumacher's early days and he's giving us a taste of things to come, uh, not only with his antics but with who he's racing. He's racing Mika Hakkinen, the flying Finn, and Schumacher brake tests Hakkinen in this race and Hakkinen drives straight into the back of him Hakkinen's out of the race, and Schumacher's rear wing is ruined as well. So that's number eight. Number seven. Number seven is Indianapolis, 2002. Um, Ferrari tried to be a bit sneaky and a bit clever on this one. They tried to stage a dead heat. Um, well, that's what it looked like at the time. So you have this really cool camera shot of the two cars going underneath the uh, camera, and the camera sort of flips round as they go underneath um, and they're side by side Schumacher's in front as they come out of the last corner and I think it was a little bit of Ferrari trying to give Barrichello um, some payback for Austria that year uh, but they got it wrong and Barrichello won the race by um, 0.01 of a second and we'll, ne we'll never really know if that was staged or if they were trying to give Barrichello the win or if they were Trying to go for a, a complete draw. We'll never know. And uh, moving on to our number six. And uh, number six 
is Hungary 2010. So first year of Schumacher's comeback with Mercedes. He's struggling for grip and he squeezes. Now, when we say squeeze, he puts, you know, it's it's a, only a cigarette paper that can fit between Barrichello's car on the wall um, of the pit straight in Hungary. And Rubens is understandably upset. Over the radio, he calls for a black flag. I don't think it's a black flag offence. There was just about enough room. It's there on the list because it, it is one of the more serious uh, things that Schumacher did on, the, on this list. But I think there's a few, there's at least two or three who are, which are definitely more worthy of being higher on the list than this one. Um, by this point, he was an old man and uh, he'd slowed down a bit, but he hadn't lost any of his uh, box tricks. So, moving on to our top five then. We're going to discuss these in a bit more depth. Natalie, where are we starting? Uh, we're starting with Austria, 2002. Alright, so this is one of the most controversial things that has ever happened in Formula 1. Not just because it's Michael Schumacher, but just the sheer gall of what Ferrari did. So, just to give you a bit of context, um, 2002, Ferrari had far and away the fastest car. Schumacher was winning most weeks. I think by that point they'd only uh, been beaten in Monaco by David Coulthard. And Barrichello is better at Austria than Schumacher. And he'd proved that the year before in 2001. Coulthard was winning the race and they ordered uh, Barrichello, Ferrari did, to move out of the way for Schumacher to claim second place to minimise his point loss to Coulthard, who was Schumacher's closest challenger in 2001. So a year later, they come back, Barrichello's on the pole, leading the race. He's done brilliantly. We've watched a clip back of it the last two laps, and the commentators, they're toying with it. They're saying, oh, they, they might do it. But surely they won't. Surely they won't. And, you know, it's just, it looks for all the world like it's not going to happen. Schumacher gets close, but it's to be expected. He's probably pushing to try and make a pass. And to everyone's complete surprise and utter disgust, Barrichello slows down and lets Schumacher through on the line. It's just incredible. Even you watch it back, you know what's going to happen. It's still absolutely unbelievable. And this is why they got rid of team orders. Now, ironically, Ferrari were the team that instigated the team orders ban because of this incident. They were also the team that caused the team orders ban to be lifted for the uh, famous radio comment from... Rob Smedley of Fernando is faster than you to his driver Felipe Massa in 2010 and they ended up removing that ban for 2011. So that is number five on our controversy list. How much Schumacher, Schumacher had to do with this we'll not really ever know but we do know that he did have a clause in his contract that meant he had to be the number one driver. 
Now, being the number one driver doesn't mean you win every race or always finish ahead of your teammate. Number one driver status means you get priority for testing or you get priority on parts when they're short, um, maybe a bigger wage packet. There are certain things that you are then expected to do, you're expected to deliver, and in fairness to him, he was. But having your teammate moved out of the way when you're one and two, and it's a it's an in-house championship fight, I think that's a bit much. I think that's a bit much. So that's number five. What's number four? Right, number four is Adelaide, 1994. Very famous incident. So obviously this is the year that we lost Etten Senna. And once Williams had picked themselves up from that, Damon Hill got on a bit of a roll. Now there's a few other things that we're going to talk about that helped this situation come about. So they come into the final race of the season, season a point apart. Uh, Schumacher ahead. Damon Hill in second. Uh, Mansell, Nigel Mansell takes the pole with Schumacher second and Hill third. Both overtake Mansell at the start and they're running first and second uh, for the majority of the race. Then Schumacher makes a mistake and clouts into the wall and Hill sees his chance. Dives down the inside and they make contact. Schumacher's tipped up onto his left-hand side wheels and goes into the tyre wall. Hill suffers damage, a broken wishbone, um, and he's out of the race, which means he doesn't finish, can't score any points, loses out on the 1994 World Championship. Hill didn't know this, but Schumacher's car was already damaged beyond repair. He would have had to retire. He wouldn't have finished the race. But in the moment, he went for it. He saw his chance because you can't know at that point whether Schumacher's got a problem or not. It's only by looking at it in slow motion you realise that the, there's a wheel out of line and there's an, op there's an opportunity for Hill to just stay behind and take the win that way. But it's a racer's instinct. Get down the inside when you see an opportunity. But it didn't quite pay off. Um, now this is number four on my list because it's the consciousness of his effort but I put it as number four because it's also an act of desperation. In that moment, he sees Hill going past, and he probably knows Schumacher that he isn't going to be able to finish the race, or at worst, he's going to have to pit. And by that point, Hill would be miles up the road, he wouldn't catch him, and that would be the title gone. So he's got to do something. So I completely understand that. But what he ended up doing was was dreadful because he's turned in on Hill when Hill's alongside him and essentially taken him out of the race. So, you know, it's, it's, he didn't get any sort of penalisation for it because this is the first time that he's done it uh, to this sort of magnitude on the Formula One stage. But it is a sign of things to come not only in his future career, but on our list. So let's move up to number three. Number three is Monaco, 2006. All right, so fast-forwarding some 12 years here, and Marco Schumacher 
is in the Ferrari now, not with the Benetton team. And he's fighting Fernando Alonso for the uh, what was the uh, Benetton team. At the, that time, they were uh, as Renault. So Monaco, Schumacher is a bit of a master around there. And he's on the provisional pole. He's doing his final qualifying lap. And apparently, he makes a mistake. He makes a bit of a mess of it at the final corner, uh, La Rascas. Now, the yellow flags came out, and everyone behind him had to slow down. And of course, Fernando Alonso was behind him. So, Schumacher gets the pole, but everyone is up in arms. Why has he done this? It looked so deliberate. If you look at the, the onboard footage, he turns into the corner three times, but he's not... He has locked up, but it's not a mistake that he cannot recover from. All he has to do is lock up, and then one turn, okay, it's sliding, get off the brakes, turn in one more time. And a, and a driver of his ability would be able to do this. Comfortably. He wouldn't have set a faster time, he wouldn't have crashed the car, but in the end, he didn't... He, if he'd slid on, and plowed straight into the wall I think everyone would have gone yeah he, he made a bit of a mistake there he he got it wrong but the fact that he turns in once twice a third time and then stops short of the wall and nothing else seems to happen he's just sort of stuck there obviously the marshals have to come out and deal with it so he's put marshals at risk he's put other drivers at risk and spectators at risk. It's a it's a really shocking incident. And on the on the um, clip that we watched on on the internet, you see KK Rosberg uh, say that it is uh, disgraceful, disgusting, and that he should just leave Formula One and go home. It's one of the worst things he's seen. Now, I find that kind of ironic because his own son pulled something similar. Uh, several years later, but that's a different um, argument and a different day. So, if it's so clear, why would you do it? What what possesses you? It could be red mist, but there's a string of incidents that have led up to this by this point in his career that no one is surprised that he's done it. And while they are just crying foul... It's not like, oh, I can't believe you've done this. It's, oh my God, I can't believe you've done this again. Can you stop it? Um, yeah, the stewards take a bit of a dim view on it. And they say that he deliberately parked his car. And this is the key word, parked. Not crashed or stopped, parked. <laughs> so he made a conscious decision to stop the car there and park it on the track and he's sent to the back of the grid. And where worse to be sent to the back of the grid than the Monaco? Nowhere. Because you can't, you can't get two buses down the side of each other in Monaco. Super, super tight. Fernando Alonso ended up on the pole and ended up winning the race. Let's move on to number two. Number two is Great Britain, 1994. All right, so... This helped lead into Adelaide 94. At the start of the formation lap, 
we've got Damon Hill on pole position and Michael Schumacher in second. Schumacher overtakes Hill on the formation lap twice um, before lining up second on the grid. They abort the start and they they don't just send them around like they do nowadays. Back then they got them all to turn off their cars, everyone came back out, set everyone back up again. It took about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So they, they let them go around again. Schumacher repeats the act and then they start the race. Schumacher second on the road behind Hill. Um, Schumacher gets ahead through the pit stops, but on lap 13, he's awarded a five second penalty for what he's done on the formation lap. Now, overtaking on the formation lap is prohibited because they are to go around, warm everything up, make sure everything's working so that everyone can get off the start line in a productive manner so that they don't go into the first corner with completely cold tyres, completely cold brakes, because that would be a disaster. We'd have accidents every weekend. So they don't allow them to overtake so that everyone can stay safe. So if you've got someone weaving, warming up their tyres and their brakes, it's a bit like being behind the safety car. Um, it's there to keep everyone safe. If you have an accident there, you could have a massive speed difference. And it would be an aeroplane accident. But he's chosen consciously, again, to, to break this rule. Now, by lap 13, he's given this penalty. Fine. Come in, serve your penalty. Uh, only they get to lap 21, eight laps later, and he's still not served it. By this point, Benetton are in the pit lane arguing with the FIA claiming that they thought it would be added at the end of the race, that it didn't specify that he had to come in for a stop and go penalty. Lap 27 comes around and he's finally taken his penalty, but on lap 21 he'd actually been shown the black flag. Lap 22 he's shown another black flag. Lap 23, he's shown a lap, another black, black flag. So he's ignored the black flag three times. And that is just, you know, you see the black flag. It's a universal sign in Formula One, in, in motorsport. You see a black flag, that's it, your race is over. And the team should relay that information to him. So lap 27, he finally comes in and serves his penalty. And he finishes second to Hill on the road. But it's not over there. After the race, the FIA are so unhappy with him and the Benetton team that they fined Benetton £50,000, which back in those days was a huge amount of money. Um, but not only does Schumacher get stripped of his second place and his six points for the race at Silverstone, um, he's banned from the next two races, which is incredible a two race ban and this this is a, a driver who is leading the world championship a race winner getting banned for two races could you imagine Vettel or Hamilton getting a, a single race ban it was bad enough when Vettel got a uh, dry, uh, stop and go penalty in Baku which we discussed last week 
That was shocking enough, but a two-race ban. It's mind-boggling. And the seriousness of this, um, it's only superseded by the fact that our top one is just way above it in terms of um, contra controversy and sheer arrogance, I think. So our final controversial moment, our top pick of our top ten. Where do we land, Natalie? Jerez, 1997. If anyone is a Formula One fan, you all know what happened in Jerez in 1997. Michael Schumacher tried to pull the act again to win the World Championship. So he's leading the race. Jacques Villeneuve is his uh, direct competition this time for the World Championship. And Villeneuve needs to beat Schumacher in this race to win the World Championship himself. Schumacher gets away from the, uh, the front row fastest, beats Villeneuve into turn one, and pulls out a lead. After their final stop, so I think they did two stops in this race, Schumacher is slow. So we watched it back with the clip, uh, and it's from ITV, and this is Martin Brundle's first season. He suspects a possible slow puncture. And they come down the hill towards the hairpin, and Villeneuve is as close as he's been. He sees his opportunity, and he dives down the inside. It's a great move. It's a really, really bold move. And yet Schumacher turns in on him, and tries to take him out of the race. It's so obvious, it's so blatant, and this is why it's number one. Schumacher runs wide, gets stuck in the gravel trap. Villeneuve carries on, finishes third, with both McLarens overtaking him on the final lap. Villeneuve takes the World Championship, and Schumacher ends up being disqualified from the entire thing. Now, obviously, he's had previous with this in 1994 Murray Walker the famous Murray Walker what a legend he even states this is what we feared could happen they were talking about it in all the build up towards the race Williams letting it be known that Schumacher had done it before and that given the opportunity he might do it again and he proved them right he did it again and you can't say this is red mist because he knows that Villeneuve's there. And Villeneuve's pulled such a good move on him, Schumacher hasn't had an opportunity to defend the inside. Villeneuve's got him. He's done him like a kipper. That's it. You're toast. Villeneuve would have gone on to win that race. At the exact moment that it happens, Martin Brundle goes... You've hit the wrong part of him, my friend. You've hit his side pod. And he was right. He didn't, didn't hit the right part of him. And it was completely deliberate. When we watched it back, we, we slowed it down. We watched it again and again and again. And you can see that when Villeneuve gets alongside him, he's on the grass, Villeneuve, and Schumacher's squeezing him as much as he can. Up to then, it's fair. But he turns him once and he... For my money, he realises he hasn't turned in enough. He's not going to get him. He turns in again and even harder. So there's this 
strange sort of double wiggle that the Ferrari does. And I think that is why he ends up getting sent so far wide. Because he's turned in so hard, he bounces off the side pod, and his front tyres just slide across the track, and off he goes into the gravel. But it was just the sheer gore that he... He went for it again. You know, a man of his ability doesn't need to be doing things like that. And he he tainted his record with that. Everyone will remember the great things that Schumacher did. But they will also remember all the, the negative things that came with it. So Adelaide 94 running into Hill. Monaco 2006. Hareth 97. You know, we've got 10 on this list and there are, there are more. There will be more out there, I'm sure. But for me, Hareth 97 is the pick of the bunch. Because he'd done it before and everyone was on the lookout for it, why do it again? You know, just... If you're going to be beaten, be beaten. Because you can always come back the year after and try again. So, to do it like that was just, just mind-boggling. Even look at it now, you wonder why. What went through his brain? So that's our top ten. Hareth 1997 comes out as our number one pick, as his most controversial moment in the sport. Do you agree? Let us know. We're going to put it up onto our blog on the website. So check it out on there and send back... What do you think? Do you disagree? Do you agree with us? Is there any that we missed? We would be chuffed to hear from you. Check us out on Instagram at the 5 Red Lights Podcast and on Twitter as well. 5 underscore red underscore lights. Hopefully hear from you all soon. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye.